Hey, Rich Girls, Kirby here. Welcome to the very first episode of Rich Girls Guide. All right, today we are going to do a deep dive into one of my favorite topics, credit cards. I feel like most people that I talk to have a love-hate relationship with credit cards. We love the rewards and cash back and sign-up bonuses, especially when we can pay them off at the end of the month. But what happens when we don't pay them off on time? And how do we actually know when and how much to pay? We are going to get into the nitty-gritty of how credit cards actually work, how you can utilize them to your advantage, and maybe even determine whether or not you should be using a credit card at all. In the words of Caleb Hammer, some people are not credit card people. Before we dive in, I just want to say a huge thank you for tuning in today. If you find this information helpful and want to support me so that I can make more content for you, please follow wherever you are tuning in right now. And a super quick reminder that you can view these episodes in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So let me paint you a little picture about my background with credit cards. The first credit card I ever opened was actually not even my own doing. I think I was 18 at the time and I went into Wells Fargo in my hometown to open a savings account not a credit card, and ended up being one of the millions of Americans that had a credit card opened for me without my consent. A few weeks later, I received the credit card in the mail, and that ended up being my very first credit card, and one that I still have to this day. Luckily, I already had experience with personal finance in high school. I worked during the summer as a lifeguard and did odd jobs throughout the school year, like babysitting, pet sitting. So I already had a checking account and debit card. So when I received this credit card, I essentially used it just like I used my debit card. I would buy stuff with my credit card, but only if I had enough cash in my checking account to immediately pay it off. As a side note, I also got a bit obsessive and would check my credit card balance like every single morning. I never wanted a balance and it almost became a game to make sure I paid off all expenses immediately. As far as I can remember, I never had any debt on my credit card when I was in high school or college. I was pretty responsible, financially speaking. After my freshman year of college, I always had a job, so there was money coming in every month. Also, just as a disclaimer, I did not have to pay for tuition or my housing while I was in college. I was extremely privileged and I realized that is not the case for most people. Fast forward to college graduation. I was 22 at the time. I started a temp job that turned into a full-time job and I was living at home with my parents. My boyfriend at the time had also just graduated and he was living in a different state with his parents while he was looking for a full-time job in his field. This was the year that my world was essentially turned upside down. And not in a bad way, just in a, this is real life now, so we're gonna throw some Yeah, that kind of way. About four months after graduation, while we were long distance and still living at our parents' house, we found out that we were pregnant. Yeah, so needless to say, this was the year that a lot of stuff changed for us. We ended up moving into our first apartment together and we got married. Not because we were pregnant, 
We had been together for three years at this point and knew that we were going to get married eventually. We just didn't realize it would be quicker than we had anticipated. My husband was still looking for a job in his field at this time and ended up working a few part-time jobs in the meantime to help out with the household income. Because, shocker, we were not bringing in the big bucks. And just like a lot of Americans, we decided that this was the perfect time to open up a joint credit card together. All right, that's it. Dishonor. Dishonor on your whole family. We ended up going with the Amazon credit card, which was strategic on our part at the time. One of the perks of the card is 5% cash back on everything ordered through Amazon. And we had already done the research and found the formula we wanted to use for our daughter, which was available at the best price through Amazon. We also knew we were probably going to be ordering a lot more random stuff for the baby the first year or two, as opposed to going out and doing a lot of in-person shopping, which actually turned out to be quite convenient and worked really well for us as new parents those first few years. And because we already had Amazon Prime, there was no annual fee to have the card, which was definitely a plus. I will also say we had previously talked about getting a travel rewards card because we had wanted to do a lot of traveling while we were still young and child-free. But once we found out we were pregnant, we pivoted and- Pivot! 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 And thought that we were probably not going to be doing as much travel in the next few years with a newborn. I'm really glad we had the forethought to pivot and choose a different card because that absolutely ended up being the case. What was not a plus is how we utilized that card in the first year or two. Because we were so new in our jobs, our income was kind of all over the place that first year after college. Like I said, my husband worked part-time at a couple of different places, so his hours were different week to week. I had steady income from my nine to five office job, which was actually eight to five. I low key despise the term nine to five because I have never experienced those hours in my working career. I also had a photography business. So in the spring and fall, I would do senior portraits, engagement sessions, weddings, but the winter and summer were typically slower months for me, which in turn led to less income. We also had crazy expenses because brand new baby, hospital bills, daycare costs, doctor visits, you get the picture. All in all, we were pretty unprepared for all of the expenses that came along with having a baby, especially that first year or two. And I am honestly pretty surprised looking back now how we were able to manage getting by on so little income that first year. Anyways, that first year or two, we were not very good at using our credit card correctly. Now, how exactly does one use a credit card correctly? If we are going strictly based off not accruing interest and boosting our credit score, then I would say we have three golden rules for using a credit card correctly. First, you always, 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 always pay off your balance before or on the payment due date. Now, I have a sneaking suspicion that the credit card companies specifically pick random ass dates as the payoff date, as opposed to just using the first day of the month or the last day of the month, just to mess with people and hopefully get some extra interest payments. 
which is absolutely disgusting. Now, I actually have no evidence to back this up. So if any of you listeners have some inside knowledge, work at a credit card company, um, hit your girl up. Let me know because I would be fascinated to know the mechanics behind how these companies choose these seemingly random fucking dates. Anywho, if you don't know when your payment is due each month, we can easily find out on your statement or your credit card app. Let's pull mine up. Now, I know some people like to bury their head in the sand and not look at their statements. That first year or two, that was me. We are not those people. Download the app right now, put it in your home screen, and let's take a little looky-loo, shall we? Once you are logged in, click into the credit card you want to look at. And at the top, there should be a few line items. And these are pretty key. Major key. So first up on my screen, payment due date. This card is always due on the fucking 27th of the month. Like Why? Why? I don't understand. This means that my remaining statement balance, which is the third line down, is due on November 27th. The full remaining balance, not the minimum monthly payment, not my current balance, the remaining statement balance. If I do not pay the remaining statement balance by the payment due date, I am now accruing interest, aka I am paying money to Chase to carry that balance with them. And that interest payment will now be added to my current balance. Some of you may be a bit lost right now, so let's break down the difference between current balance, minimum payment due, and remaining statement balance. The remaining statement balance is, in my opinion, the most important figure you need to keep tabs on. The remaining statement balance is the total amount that you have to pay the credit card company by the payment due date in order to not accrue interest. Let me repeat that. If you do not want to pay interest to the credit card company, you have to pay the remaining statement balance by the payment due date. Not the minimum monthly payment, remaining statement balance. This is super important to remember because it can be so easy to just forget to pay your card until the first of the month, even if you have the cash sitting in the bank or accidentally paying only the minimum monthly payment instead of the full statement balance. For fun, let's just go through that scenario. We have a remaining statement balance of $2,000 that is due on November 27th. You are off doing hot girl shit and you completely forget about paying off the card until December 1st rolls around. Your purchase APR, AKA your interest rate on the card, is 24.49%. This is an annual figure, meaning if you carry the $2,000 balance over the course of an entire year, you would be paying 24.49% interest over the course of the year. Since we are four days late to making our payment, we will owe four days worth of interest, which you can calculate by dividing 24.49%, your annual interest rate, by 365, the number of days in the year. Now you have your daily interest rate of 0.0671%. Multiply that by the number of days you owe interest, four, times your balance of $2,000. 
And now you know that you are gonna owe interest of $5.37. Now I know, in the grand scheme of things, that $5.37 does not seem like a lot, but that is a grande coffee at Starbucks you could have gotten. If this happens every month, you are throwing away over $60 to the credit card company over the course of the year. And I don't know about you, but there are plenty of other ways I would rather spend $60 than handing it over to the credit card company. One other thing I wanted to note about the annual interest rate on your card, they do not accrue simple interest. They actually accrue using compound interest, which means you will be paying more than 24.49% on an annual basis if you keep a balance on your card. Let's use the same example as we just did. You have a balance of $2,000 and you do not make any payments on this over the course of a year. Using simple interest, you would owe 24.49% of the $2,000 balance, which would be $489.80. In reality, due to compound interest, you would actually owe $548.69 in interest alone. This is because the credit card company tallies up your interest owed every month, tax on the interest payment to your remaining statement balance, and now you owe interest on the $2,000 plus the monthly interest you accrued. Please enjoy my nerdy Excel calculation showing the monthly breakdown here. You can see that month over month, the balance is creeping higher and higher because the interest is added to the balance month over month. If you are listening to this episode right now and you're having trouble conceptualizing this concept, please go check out this episode on YouTube or Spotify so that you can see what this actually looks like. I find that actually seeing the breakdown of compound interest helps my brain put two and two together. Hopefully that didn't confuse you too much. If you have any questions on the remaining statement balance and how that works, please let me know and I would be happy to do a Q&A episode or dive more into compound growth and interest. So what is the difference between remaining statement balance and current balance? Current balance is everything you owe the credit card company, any past payments due, as well as current expenses, even if they are not due yet. Current balance is your total debt owed to the credit card company. You essentially have a certain grace period between when expenses are accrued and when payment is actually due. Typically, this is anywhere from three to four weeks. So your current balance will always be higher or the same as your remaining balance due. Again, I don't think current balance is quite as important because it includes payments that are not due yet. If your next payment due date is November 27th, but it's only November 15th, typically any expenses incurred between your closing date and November 27th will not be due until the next payment due date, which in this case is December 27th. I would mainly focus on your payment due date. The one caveat to this would be if you are making a large purchase on your credit card and want to maximize the time you have to pay it off. If that is the case, you may want to make that purchase the day after your next closing date. This will give you a whole extra payment cycle to pay off. For example, if your next closing date is December 2nd and you make a large purchase on December 1st, that purchase is included in the current billing cycle. 
and will now be included in your remaining statement balance that is due on December 27th. Now, if you wait two days and instead make your purchase on December 3rd, now this purchase is included in the next billing cycle. This expense will be included in your current balance, but not your remaining statement balance, and it will not be due until January 27th. I know, there is a lot of mental gymnastics going on here. Now, here is where I need to show you some tough love. If you cannot follow the first golden rule of paying off your remaining statement balance by the due date, you should not have a credit card. Let me repeat, you should not have a credit card. If you are consistently missing payments, waiting until the next big paycheck or waiting until the next big job comes around, you are going to spend a lifetime paying interest to credit card companies. You are going to be constantly anxious about paying off your card and generally putting yourself in a bad place financially year over year. Good news, bad news? If this is you, you are not in small company. In fact, according to an article on LendingTree, 56% of Americans that utilize their credit card carried a balance into the next month. As in, more than half of Americans that use a credit card do not pay their remaining statement balance by the due date. They also say, quote, Overall, the national average credit card debt among cardholders with unpaid balances in December 2022 was $7,279. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not know a ton of people that are able to pay off a credit card balance of $7,279 in a month. And for those who can't pay the full balance, they will now be accruing interest. The balance becomes higher and the vicious cycle of credit card debt will keep piling up until you reach your max line of credit or you have to make some drastic life changes to pay it off. If you have determined that you can use credit cards and can follow the first golden rule, paying off your remaining statement balance by the due date, then you are ready for the second golden rule. Do not utilize more than 20% of your total available credit limit. Now this is pretty easy to calculate, but you might have to do some digging to find out what exactly your total credit usage and limits are. If I go into my credit card app, I just have to click expand and it will tell me my total credit limit for that specific card. You will want to add up all the limits between all of your credit cards to find out your total credit limit. Let's say between all of your cards, your total limit is $10,000. That means you will want to stay under a $2,000 balance total across all of your cards. The main reason for this is your credit score. If you creep up higher than a 20% utilization score, AKA outstanding balance, that can start to hurt your credit score. Obviously the other reason is you want to stay below the limit so that you are not hit with any fees by the card company. Even if your total limit is $10,000, but one of your cards only has a $500 limit, you want to be well below that $500 limit on that specific card so that you do not get hit with any over the limit fees. All right, moving along to your third golden rule. Check on your card, whether it be on the app or online, every single week. No, I am not kidding. Keeping your balance top of mind and getting in the habit of checking how much you are spending is key to not overspending. 
This also allows you to make sure there are no fraudulent charges getting past you or seeing a fraudulent charge weeks or months after the fact. So that's my spiel on credit cards. I could definitely keep going, but I think I covered the most important points. I would love to hear from you guys about your experiences with credit cards. Do you love them or is it giving toxic? If you have any questions you want me to answer on a future episode, shoot me a DM or click the link in the show notes. Or if you have any credit card horror stories, let me know. I would love to hear from you. If you know someone who could use a kick in the pants, please feel free to send them this episode. If you have any questions, you can comment on YouTube. And if you want your question to be featured on an upcoming episode, ask away at the link in the show notes. Later, rich girls. See you next Monday.